Hey guys, Greg here. If you're struggling with maximizing midlife or any stage of your life, I encourage you to check out my new guide, the No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife and Getting Back What Matters Most. In the guide, I cover my three core principles that have helped me to become a better man, husband, father, provider, and athlete. I have been able to simplify my life, reduce stress and anxiety, perform at a higher level, earn more, be happier, and have more fun. And I wanted to share not just my why, but my how with all of you. So to get your free copy, go to midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide, or follow me on Instagram where I hang out at Greg Scheinman. There's a link in my bio there to also download the guide. All right, here we go. Another week, another episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. I am your host, Greg Scheinman. Thank you so much for joining me each and every week. To the thousands of you out there who have subscribed to the show, who have subscribed to the Midlife Mail newsletter, who have been following me on Instagram, thank you so much. I am incredibly grateful. If you want to grab a copy of my new guide, my No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife, go over to midlifemail.com forward slash No BS Guide. That is my free gift to all of you. You can subscribe to the newsletter and the podcast while you are there as well. If you like what you hear, if you like what you read, please share it with a friend. Please leave us that five-star rating, a nice review. It really helps to keep this midlife mail movement growing. On the show today, Garen Jones joins me. Change your mindset, change your life. If you want to be healthy, if you want to be happy, if you want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people, maybe travel the world, inspire others, make a bunch of money, let that money represent something that you feel passionate and good about. Be a good husband. Be a good father. Garen Jones is living this life. Garen Jones asked for the opportunity to be given a sign to live this kind of life. He has made an incredible transformation in his life and in his journey, going from homeless to millionaire, going from prison to successful entrepreneur, and nothing is more beautiful than watching and personally experiencing people's transformation from who they are to who they can become for Garen Jones. He has done it for himself, and he is helping people do it for themselves. And that ripple effect will make the biggest difference in the world. And he is at the front line of that movement, the change your mindset, change your life movement. I first got to meet Garen in Austin at a morning workout hosted by one of our friends, Cal Callahan. It was a small group at the time and is a testament to the leadership, the camaraderie, the energy that these guys have and foster, it's grown to over 100 men now each week. 
and it's super motivating and it's super inspiring. I was immediately drawn to him. And in a room full of alphas, here's a guy who, who stands out even amongst them all. I really enjoyed this conversation. We went deep into Garen's journey, his personal transformation, his relationship, what he's doing with his new soulmate masterclass, how he takes his ideas through execution and gets this flow out and onto paper to become books and guides and courses, his new hobbies, including guitar. It was a lot of fun to have this conversation. Um, And I think you guys are truly going to like it. So with that, let's get to Garen Jones this week on the Midlife Mail podcast. I could not be more excited to have Garen Jones joining me today. The master of mindset, changing your mindset right here on the show. So thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this. You're so welcome. I'm so grateful to be on, brother. So so first you're wearing you're wearing an unlearned t-shirt right now. Oh yeah, my buddy, our our buddy Cal is just freaking awesome. Awesome. And and you know, folks at home can't can't see this, but the very first time I met you was a visit to Austin at the bunker at Cal's house where he had invited a group of men over to work out. What started out as a small group of guys just throwing down, you know, at a at a buddy's house has turned into some remarkable a remarkable community which I want to get into. Okay. Perfect. I first first met you there and man like you talk about people that make an instant impression that kind of take over a room wherever they are and and you're just one of those guys. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? I, I appreciate that. Like, who is this guy pointing at his nose, pointing at his hair, cheering, you know? Has this always been you? I just I just got to ask you, has it always been you? I've always known that I was meant for more. And I've always known that even when I don't do something, it catches attention. So what my biggest lesson was to learn how to channel that energy in a way that it builds people up instead of um, trying to take down every girl I want at the club. But I always knew I had this something. I didn't know how to articulate it, but I could go and I'd be like, I want that. And then all of a sudden it'll happen. And, you know, it's an extreme law of attraction, which has to do with the energy that's pulsating inside of you. And as I connect the dots looking backwards, I always had a knack to get what I want. I just never knew what I really wanted. So it was almost like the universe just uh, rolled the dice on my results. And, you know, whatever I focused on was a lot of negative stuff. So that just spawned into a really negative life early on. Now I just know how to channel that energy. And when you have something that's containing a lot of energy, it eventually starts spilling out and people can experience the energy that I, that I feel inside of myself. Yep. And I, I definitely want to get into the energy. Definitely. As we touched on immediately, you know, the mindset, and I know you're not a look backwards guy per se, but if we can take a look backwards, you know, your journey and your story is so incredible. Um, going from 
from homeless to hopeless hero to successful entrepreneur yeah. to you know a different phase of your life right now heading into fatherhood you know as you've talked about can you take me through take us through kind of your your early journey where you started okay. some of that negativity that you've had to work your way out of in circumstance so we get a bit of a baseline from you know where where you come from okay well i am a um you know i'm not i'm not the kind of person that uh, that looks back on their life and then harps on it. But I do love to look back because if something keeps showing up in my right now life, I know that there's somewhere in my life, maybe it's a blind spot. So I go to find out where a major event happened and I might be stuck in a cycle of a four-year-old who's been angry and have been attracting different variations of that anger since he was a little kid. So I'm always looking back to, to, to learn about how not to recreate old patterns from my, in, into my future. So I came from an environment where my, my dad was into drugs. He was a alcoholic, hardly ever around. My mom was always at work. My brother was too cool at the time to hang out with me. I basically raised myself with people, with other kids that got in trouble in the streets. And um, I was in and out of juvenile, getting kicked out of school, um, <clears throat> went to jail a few times. And that pattern just kept going. Like I, it, you know, my family didn't come for money, so I never knew what true value was. And um, you grow up in a household not knowing what value is, not hearing you're special and you're important, you matter that psychologically says to a kid, I'm not worthy. So I grew up not feeling worthy of success, not feeling worthy of love. And that just kept evolving. And it wasn't until I'd say 2002 that I picked up my first per personal development book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Mm -hmm. And I picked up that book I kind of read it when I was 18, but I didn't know what I was reading. I kind of skimmed it, but I read, read the book when, while I was in prison serving a 12 year sentence in France for smuggling 6.2 kilos of heroin. I didn't know it at the time because I was smuggling, I was actually smuggling drugs. So I wouldn't have knowingly done that, but I was driving a car that had it in some Congo drums. So basically it was all about me. And um, <clears throat> me being in prison was probably the first time I felt like life had stripped everything away from me, but it stripped everything away from me to the point where I was reminded that all I needed was me to like really move forward because I gave everything outside of me so much power. But when your mind quiets, because I wouldn't quiet my mind, it was almost like the universe quieted my mind with prison so I wouldn't be distracted by girls, bills, and all these different things. Then I started remembering my dreams. Then I started remembering things that I love. Then I started writing with my non-dominant hand, which operated a different part of my brain. Then I started reading hundreds of books. And that was improving upon who I was. Then I get out. And within the next 10 years, I go on this solo journey of trying to figure out, man, how do I win at life? 
And I would say the when I hit rock bottom in 2010, I was living in my car. It was two and a half years. And then finally, I just yelled out, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people and I want to make a bunch of money and I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. Well, it's been almost 10 years to the date and November will be 10 years. And I've completely transformed my life and I've done the opposite of everything that I would normally do in areas of my life where I wasn't happy because of the whole change your mindset, change your life philosophy that a homeless guy gave me when I asked him for money. And he said, you might, and I said, you have more money than me. He asked me for money. And um, I say, you have more money than me. And he goes, change your mindset, change your life. And that altered the course of the way that I thought until now. And my life has completely changed. Mm. Incredible. So whether you're homeless mm -hmm, or you're a guy mm, sitting in it, going to the same office, you know, every day or the place or going, going through the motions, define, it's one thing to, to, I guess, embrace or adopt, change your mindset, change your life. And you've got a whole book on this. I mean, you've, you've, yeah. got, you've spent 10 years changing mindsets of people all over the globe, you know, right now. But once you adopt that and you embrace that from whatever position you're in, you know, I love the why and I get the why. We talk about this a lot. Where I really am interested is in the how. What do you do next? You know, day one of the 10 year journey, you know, and each day to continue to get better. What do you tell people? So here's the thing. When that happened, I didn't know what was actually happening when I had that shift because I wasn't even speaking about that. I'm only talking as I connect the dots looking backwards. But then I was just like, man, if your mind is set on something, then that's why the result is what it is. So if you do different with the same circumstance, then I just started asking different questions. Then my life will change. So simply, instead of using gel soap, change your, mind so, change your mindset, change your life. I started using bar soap. Instead of... Um, walking the escalators, change your mindset, change your life. I started walking the stairs. Instead of going out to nightclubs, chasing women every night, change your mindset, change your life. I'd stay in and I started reading books. So I started one by one, just doing the opposite. And I didn't know that it was going to show up differently as results in my life. So I just started paying attention to by me doing the opposite. And one by one, in, in certain areas of my life, it produced a different result every single time. Like if, It's almost like if you're walking down the street and you make a left and you get jumped three times in a row every single time, maybe you should not walk down that street. So if you walk down and turn right, maybe you'll end up on another street. Maybe this time you wouldn't get jumped. So one thing I've always been good at is once I'm aware of something, I, I'll always do something about it. I was just never aware. So by me simply doing the opposite, I used to, I used to eat fatty foods. I was almost 200 pounds. And then 
I stopped eating fatty foods and then I surrounded myself around healthy, active lifestyle people. Dropped 35 pounds, put on 19 pounds of muscle. And this was at age 32 when I thought it was too late. That was a part of my opposite. So if I'm feeling bad because of my health and then I do the opposite and start practicing being healthy and then I start feeling better than I've ever felt in my life, I'm, I started speaking different, dressing different, acting different. My The people that I was hanging around was different. So one by one, I started noticing, wow, these are better results that I had before I started adopting the change your mindset, change your life philosophy. So I'm going to keep on this track because I'm noticing the difference. It's being keen on noticing the difference once you start making different, taking different steps. It's not this grand big thing. There are little bitty subtle things. Mm. Sounds obvious. Obvious when you talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Go to the left. You got a physical problem. Okay. You know, <laughs> time and time again, go to the right. I get home safely. You know, like everything you said sounds obvious. What stops guys from doing the obvious? I mean, you work with a lot of guys. Yeah. What holds them back? So here's the deal. You ever, you ever watch Superman? Which which one? Now we've had a lot of them. <laughs> when, you were, when you were a little kid, the original, the original yeah. Superman, Superman trying to stop the locomotive train with all of his strength, superhero strength, all of his power. That locomotive train has got so much momentum that when they collide, Superman doesn't automatically go like this. It's like, and it's pushing him back. And then he's got to build up enough um, uh, momentum as he's being pushed back to then send it back the other way. What stops people is their self-talk is a locomotive train pushing them back. They're, the way that they think is the locomotive train pushing them back. Their childhood domestication is a locomotive train pushing them back. So you say, I want to change my life. That's Superman. Well, guess what? With second you want to change, it goes boom. And it's going to push back, push back, push back. Here's what people do. It didn't work. I'm going to go to what's normal. And so they just keep on wherever the momentum is. But if you just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing, eventually it's going to overtake the momentum, but you've got to have 10 times the velocity so that you can stop the vastness of the momentum. Imagine you've been speaking English your whole life and I just hand you a book on Japanese. Here, speak this. Doesn't work. It's the same, it's the same technology in the brain. You've got to overload learning this process of speaking a new language so that you can combat the language that's been there the, the entire time. So it's the language of your past meets the the potential language of your future, but you've got to do it 10 times more called change so that you can push it back and then eventually flush it, flush it out like oil. I mean, water flushes out oil. Mm -hmm. Now you make your career mm, and, and your livelihood in this arena right now, writing, coaching, speaking, 
when you were first working your way out of homelessness, out of the car, you know, come in, you and you were adopting change your mindset, change your change your life. What were you doing to actually earn a living? At that point, to kind of almost bridge the gap, meaning like before you could become the author, before you could become the speaker, the prolific entrepreneur, healthy guy that you are, there, there, there was something in between, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Starbucks and a friend of mine named Chris, he literally said to me, <clears throat> write down all the things that you love to do. So I wrote down a list of things that I absolutely love to do. And then he said, write down the things that you're extremely good at. Now, I was like, I'm good at motivating people. I can sing. I can be, I'm really good with kids. I'm really good at like, I'm just really good at taking two people who don't like each other. And then I say some things and all of a sudden they leave. It's called the spirit of daytime. That's what I have. And I've always had it since I was a little kid. I wrote all this down. He says, now go on Craigslist. And look up every single day ways to make money in those areas. And so every single day, I mean, I did not miss a day. Every single day. I can babysit. I was doing singing telegrams. I was doing in-person telegrams where I was singing birthday, uh, singing birthdays for 50 to $75 and people would pay me. I just always, I would just see one thing when I was homeless, I was never lazy I just never knew where to put this energy. So once I got direction, I, I'm full steam ahead. So it's like, do this. Okay, done. Do this. I'm writing this down. Now go on Craigslist. And this is exactly what I did. I was clapping in audiences for MTV and um, VH1. I was I was extras in, 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 um, in uh, music videos and movies, like the foot walking across where you're there for nine hours and they give you $50 cash. I was a freaking hustler and I would just go. And then one day, one of the directors, he was like, I want to put you as a lead in a music video. So I went from making $9, I mean, $50 for nine hours to making $7,000 for seven hours. Mm. So, but I kept showing up and I kept showing up to opportunity and I kept showing up and I love to be in front of people. I love camera. I love dancing. I love like, I, I loved all that stuff. And that was a part of the things that I wrote down. So I willed my way into exactly what I do now. Cause what I do now is part of the thing that I wrote down that I loved. It's just a more evolved variation of it. Yep. And it's, it's so spot on. And I think that, you know, for a lot of men, they either don't learn that or they, they learn that late, you know, or they start figuring that out late. You know what? It, I've spent time trying to, you know, also combine personal passion with professional expertise, you know, where can you align those things? And it sounds very similar to, again, write down what you're good at, write down what, what, comes naturally to you. Write down what you enjoy and then try to figure out if you can make some money out of it as opposed to let me go do things the way they're supposed to be done, you know, in a way, or let me, 
go to school. Let me interview for a job. Let me sit at a desk. Let me dress a certain way. Like look around and watch how everybody else does it. So then I do this for 20 years, whatever. I get a watch and then I can finally take my sailboat out of, out of the driveway and be able to go on the trip that I've always, that I've always wanted. Um, you know, you talked about getting in shape. Also, I'm going to bridge a few things together at 32. And you mentioned like, and I thought it was too late. Yeah. And you are 40 now, right? 42. 40. Okay. So yeah, you cross that and I'm, and I'm, and I'm 48. We deal with this a lot, you know, to what's your, at 32, you thought certain things were too late. Yeah. At 42, I want to get your, your perspective on it. And also as it pertains to other guys who are sitting there going, you know, I'm 40, I'm 42 or I'm 48. Um, Maybe I should even be writing that shit down right now. What I'm good at, what I want to do. Do I make a change? Do I not make a change? What it takes, you know, to be able to make a change. I'd love your, your perspective on all that. So one thing I can always share is if you're you're letting time lead your life, you've already lost. If you're letting time, because whatever has power over you becomes your God. And I see this with women all the time. They're like, I just got to have a baby now. I just got to have a man. Then they end up settling. And same thing with men. And it's, it's like I was 32 and I was 200 pounds and... The reason why it was like that for me is because nobody else in my life modeled it in a way where I could be like, I want to be like that. So by the time they were in their late 20s, they were all putting on weight and it was almost like they gave up in life energetically. So I didn't have any examples of seeing what it looked like. So I just started doing the same exact pattern as I saw until I got around a group of people who modeled something totally different in their 30s and late 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. I was like, wait a second, what are they doing? Let it, they let, you know, there's people I spoke to who let go of resentment. They were quick to forgive. They were eating healthy. And I was just like, oh, I don't know anything about this because I don't, I don't come from a health conscious family. You know, my mom cooked great food, but it was fried and greasy and everything in in, in uh, Houston, Texas. <clears throat> and um, when I started taking healthy smoothies and supplements, and I I could not believe within a week how good I felt because the way that I felt at age thirty two when I had given up is the way that I felt when I was like 16. So when the, especially if you're an athlete, when you're an athlete and the dial starts turning back to when you used to be like at your maximum, there's this surge of energy. I felt like a superhero and I was just like, man, whatever this, oh my God, vitamins and and fish oils and all that stuff. So I started doing that and all of my friends was like, yo, you're getting younger. It's like Benjamin Benjamin Button effect. And I "I don't know what's happening, but I feel good. And I love the intention, the attention and recognition. But then when it really made a difference for me is my mom was, she had like, I'm paraphrasing because it was either 19 back-to-back surgeries or 12 back-to-back surgeries. I think it was Mm. 12 back-to-back surgeries, 19 different medications. She was on a colostomy bag 
and she was on her way out. After I got healthy, my mom used to drink uh, her cookies and cream, bluebell ice cream shake all the time. I was like, mom, will you try this cookies and cream uh, nutrition shake? And she's like, yes. And she said, this tastes just like my ice cream. I can replace it. So within a week, my mom said, baby, I haven't felt this good in the last 15 years. And I broke down and cried. I was like, wow, something that helped me can support my mom? She had maybe a year to live. Well, guess what? It's almost 10 years later and she's literally in the best shape of her life. And it's because I took a chance on myself, my health, my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, and I gave my mom the playbook. And you know, she's like me. As long as she's aware, then she knows where to put the energy. It was the same thing that happened and I got addicted. I took my addiction for women to put it into addicted, being addicted to helping people transform their minds and bodies because I saw what happened in close proximity to me. I was like, man, I want to get to you, Greg, so I can get to your mom so you can know what it feels like when my mother called me crying saying, thank you for saving my life. That right there was the spark that did everything. I was like, whatever this world is, I want this because I want people to be able to hear and experience what I experienced with my own family. Hey guys, I have teamed up with Ron and I'm super proud to be part of such a great company and supported by such tremendous individuals. Roan is clothing made for men and simply put, Roan works for me and my lifestyle. They produce clothing that brings together a seamless integration of fit, form, and function. Clothing made for everything from the gym to the office. Clothing that inspires men to live healthy, strong, and free. Clothing that helps you move forever forward. I went looking for my own polo this morning and I couldn't find it. Why? Because my son Auden is wearing it right now. What do you think of the own polo? Couldn't recommend it more. It's my go-to when I need a polo for school or anything really. Or that new internship that started this morning. Oh yeah. And, and we got to look professional working from home. That's right. Listen guys, Roan works for me. It works for my lifestyle. It works for my family. To learn more, support, and pick up some great gear from Roan and all the other Midlife Mail brand partners, go to midlifemail.com forward slash partners. You know, what's, what's not only tremendous about that, but also really, really interesting is when you talk about the playbook, you talk about the experiences that you've gone through, the transformation, then actually bringing it to your mother, bringing it to family, but paying it forward in terms of, of sharing it. You know? uh, the attitude and the, again, the mindset of paying it forward, sharing, giving to others, getting them on board with it so that they can experience it versus the, the holding it back. I, I want to keep this for myself yeah. you know, because I, you know, I can advance or I can overpower people or if I'm better, stronger, faster, healthier, then I'm going to get farther ahead than the other guy or to, you know, and the dichotomy between those two attitudes and mindset, kind of the ego versus the letting yes. go and the generosity of paying it forward and the giving to get, you know, and, it, and it's similar to what we touched on at the very top of the, of the, of the conversation, which is 
coming into somebody's backyard just to have a workout, you have alpha mentalities all over the place. And then all of a sudden you see kind of a breakdown of egos and a step back and people working together, yeah. you know, supporting one another, paying less attention to how much weight is being lifted and more attention to supporting one another. Yes. And it's very opposite to what you see maybe in corporate America, you know, or the boardroom, or even a lot of comparison assumptions and judgments that are made through social media. Um, and that giving, you know, that paying that forward, the playbook, giving it out there, and then also being able to turn it into an actual business where you don't feel guilty for charging for it either, and that you can make a living at it. Like, I find yeah. all of these things fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are people that's like, oh, it's not about the money. It's not. The, I'm like, like, listen, that's why you're broke. Like, <laughs> not, when you know your value, you know your worth, and you know the work that it takes. Like, people don't pay for my time. What they pay for is the two and a half years I spent in prison. They pay for the two and a half, almost two and a half years I lived in my car and overcame it and all the lessons that I learned than a nine plus years in studying the mastery of emotional intelligence and the emotional training and being able to really work through traumatic things and give people new perspectives and show them how to discover their own personal inner freedom. You're paying for all of that inside of the hour. So it's not the hour, it's all of that. Like I paid a price now I, I get to reap the reward. I also know my value too. I know, I know so much my value. And, um, you know, there are people that are afraid to be like, this is my worth. And so they, they'll settle for that and be like, you know, this is my worth. And that's why it won't come. I, I have zero issues with that. And if, and if it's not your thing, then it's no problem. There's so many billions of people out here, but I'm always giving away stuff for free here, 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 here. But you want me to come speak for 20,000 people? You know, I, that is a value for me and my time and time away from my family. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it makes perfect sense. And they're all choices. It's your choice to create to showcase your life, to put content out there, stories, books, guides. I think one time I was, I was, you know, at your at your house, and there was just like just white sheets of paper, like everywhere, you know, like you know, ideas, and you know, and we're just, you know, we're you got ideas up there and things to think about and things to talk about again and to give, and, and they generate all this positivity and creativity and embracing of of curiosity and putting it out there that. Just the the balance that I see between you doing what you want to do the way you want to do it, and put and then okay, you need me, you want me, okay, I have here's what it's worth, and I'm making these specific choices at these specific times. Um, how do you get good at saying no? You know, like also- um, because I got really good at um. I became a master of being overwhelmed and I just like, honestly, it's not worth it. Stressing pimples on my face because then I can say yes, but at what cost? Because if it's yes at the cost of losing myself, not worth it. So what I do 
is that I say yes at the cost of impacting the world, but also filling up my own tank so that I can do what I do much longer. And if it's not contributing to filling up my own tank, then the answer is going to have to be no. Like I was scheduled to do 12 podcasts this week. You're one of them. And I chose three. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so, but I can schedule some out further out, but it's not going to be pop, 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 because then it's at the cost of Garen. And if Garen is going to do what he does at that high level and be happy and joyful with grace and ease and peace without being overwhelmed, I'm in control of my time. I'm in control of my schedule. So no stands for not right now. And then when I'm available and I have the bandwidth, then it'll be a yes. Mm. Well, first of all, thank you. I mean, again, I really, it, it means the world. Do you, what are your techniques for once you've made those decisions, mm-hmm. again, to remain positive, not look back, not second guess and not be like, I disappointed somebody, you know, I said, you know, I tend to, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I would do the three. You know what I mean? Like I, I would do the three, the three, but I would dwell on the nine. Okay. Yeah. The nine, the nine that I didn't. Okay. I'm pleasing three people saying yes to them and, and other guys will fixate on the nine that they said no to or the not right now. And that's, that's tough. Well, I would, I, I would actually key on the word that you said, pleasing people. I'm not here to please nobody. Mm-hmm. Like really nobody. I do. What I want to do when I want to do it, and I'm going to choose to do it in a joyful and graceful place. If it's not pleasing for me, I will not do it under any circumstance, no matter how much money it is. I've been offered so much stuff, and I'm like, yo, no, I'm not even aligned with that. So I think it's because I have my own boundaries, and my when when it goes beyond my boundaries, now you're infiltrating, you know, it's like my, my mechanism that, ke- that keeps me peaceful all the time. I don't worry about if some, somebody else is, is not pleased because that's their own work. Because I'm not trying to live in your world and this world. And th- I'm, I got a hard enough time working on this functioning body right here. So it's like, now I'm going to think about you and you and you and you and you. I'm not able to do it at the moment, but reach out to me in the next few months and we'll see where we're at. So I got really good in my responses and it's not like, no, I can't. It's like, I'm not able to at the moment, my schedule is booked out, but message me in the next few months and um, we'll see where we're at. So that's, that's what it is. And if it's somebody that I just really don't fuck with, then it's just like, yeah, uh, you know, it's not, it's easy for me to say no. Mm. What does your day look like now because of that? Mm? What is, you know, what are, what empty space do you leave for yourself, you know, or for Blair? What commitments or non-negotiables do you have? Um, what does a typical day look like for you? It depends on if I'm extra snuggling with my wife or if I'm, if I'm waking up at my, my normal 4.55 a.m. in the morning, uh, she wakes up at 6.15. So I have uh, 
absolute free time from 4.55 to 6.15. She gets up. We make our tea together. Um, or if I'm working on a project, she'll come down and give me a kiss or bring, and bring me breakfast. But uh, wake up. We'll go out to the um, the porch, make some toast, have some tea, go on a, about our days. I'll go do a workout. Sometimes we work out together. We have a gym in the house or we go to the, you know, um, our Empowered Brotherhood has partnered with Onnit. So we work out at Onnit Gym on Thursdays. Um, and, you know, I have my, my assistant schedule out certain things based off of uh, my bandwidth of energy in regards to podcasts uh, tonight. I'm I'm hosting a free online uh, relationships masterclass on how to um, you know call in your soulmate or improve the relationship that you're in at a high level. Um, so that's going on tonight at you know 7 p.m. CST, and um, that is uh, so. I just it, it's one of those things where I. I schedule my days. I do what I want when I want. And uh, I have the time freedom to do it. I'm not bound by anything uh, or else it would not be in my schedule. Um, so there's not a, there's not a typical day that's the, that's the same, but all of the start and all of the end is the same. So my start is 5 a.m. club, 20 minutes of exercise. Soon as I wake up, 20 minutes of uh, affirmations in 20 minutes of growing my mind called the 2020 formula that I got from Robin Sharman 5am club book. And then around nine o'clock, I start shutting everything down and me and my wife, we wind down. Um, no matter if I have a huge project or not, it can wait till 4.55am in the morning. We wind down and then uh, we have that that alone time away from phone, maybe grab a movie, maybe start painting, and then we go to bed at 10.30. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about, about this soulmate you know, masterclass okay. here, um, or just relationships in, in, in general. Um, you're a married guy in his 40s right now, about to become a father. Mm-hmm. I've been married 20, 20 years, 25 together, you know, total, to teenage boys managing relationships you know you are entering a very new you know new phase of your relationship about to become a father and then you got guys like me who've been married for 20 something years and trying to figure out how to keep you know also working hard on keeping the relationship alive the spark you know the the attract the attraction there um Subject wise and topically, are you speaking to to younger people about the relationships, or are you speaking to to middle aged people Both. trying to keep? Um, and what's your what's your approach with it? So these, my I mean, these are hard. I, I'm seeing. I'm not to cut you off. I'm seeing. Look, my I see more people unfortunately getting separated or talking about separation or getting remarried. Yeah, you know, because they broke out of relationships. So. Relationships, if you take it at its core, take the intimacy in, intimacy out, relationships, period, all has the same structure. Most people don't know the structure, so they're just learning on the spot. I might be entering in something new, but I also have a 20-year-old, a daughter that's almost 20-year-old, 
And I learn, I always learn from my mistakes. And I messed up a lot with her. Mm. And I messed up a lot with all my other girlfriends until I started getting involved with emotional intelligence and starting to understand the dynamics of how humans operate and different personality structures and everything. So when you when you break it down that way and see that it's no accident that, you know, I have an organization in health and wellness with over 50,000 people and have one of the largest and strongest and most sustainable organizations of leaders who create leaders who create leaders in an $8 billion company. That is really structuring, being able to structure and build up relationships. So because I have access to more people than most people, I kind of compress timeframes with, I compress the timeframes that it takes to learn rather than waiting 20 or 30 years. I just have access to more people. So I've failed way more times to see what works way more times and built the structure myself. So what I've learned is the components, most people speak to people from the lens of what they want for themselves or how they relate to themselves instead of going into their world. Mm. And they don't know how to go into their world because sometimes people are afraid of tough conversations or they can only speak from the generation that they're at because they never even le- learned the generation that their kid is actually in. And that's what happened to me and my daughter. It was like, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. I'm like, wait a second. What are all the kids doing in her generation? Maybe let me listen to this music to hear what they're thinking about. Maybe let me download this app to see what they're thinking about. My daughter would not text me on the phone for no reason. And then all of a sudden I downloaded Snapchat and I messaged her. She messaged me right away. I'm like, oh, it's a different generation. And when I go into their world and show that I care about what they love and what they think about, then they by default want to come into my world. And the way I'm able to quantify this is, I remember when I was a little kid, the little kids at family reunions don't hang out with the adults. However, my favorite uncle used to come over to the kids and say, hey, teach me that dance. And I was like, why is he my favorite uncle? Why? Because he actually invested time in wanting to learn what made me happy and what made me love. So I teach people how to connect. Many people communicate, but very few connect. So I teach people how to connect. And when you understand connection, then you understand the deepest roots of somebody's heart, no matter how long you've been in a marriage, relationship, whatever. There's a lot of people that sacrifice and settle on a lot of things simply because they don't know how to get through the gateway of the deep connection. And if you really want to deeply connect with somebody, you deeply connect with that inner child that's inside of them. So I'm Mm. going to be talking about some things that's inside of there communication uh, aspects. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of women who who are really powerful. And the ones that I've worked with, they were powerful for the wrong reasons, but they needed to be powerful out of survival. But it was out of a reaction from something that happened with their father. And I say, even if it's a reaction, if it's a reaction to do something good, that what you do good contains within it the same energy that you hated because you reacted 
instead of responded. So I'm talking about, it's some ninja shit, bro. (laughs) Some ninja shit that teaches people how to carry grace and ease in their power and in their sovereignty so that the masculine and feminine energies inside of both men and women can create this polarity that is um, that creates a sense of calmness and tran- tranquility around the house. I don't have a lot of experience in the marriage aspect, but in the leadership aspect, I do. And I realize that it's two or three times more inside of the home because the wife knows more about you than the people that you're leading in the workplace. So I just use it as a training ground, as a, a emotional intelligence training ground that'll last forever. And I teach people everything that I learn. So it's going to be something for literally everybody. Mm. What's your process? I mean, now you flow and you can talk and obviously you're talking about it and it's rolling off and I'm hearing all this. What's your process for preparing the way that you speak, the way that you write these courses the, themselves, yeah. to take these ideas, to take this flow, to take this energy that you have and craft it into something also that is, that is replicable, that is scalable, you know, that is producible over and over again. Simple. I get a copywriter, <laughs> tell them to sit right there. And I do the same thing that I just did with you while he's typing away and he types the structure and all that other stuff. Done, done, done. I don't have to think about that. Mm. That's it. Because I'm a flower. I'm a freestyler and I can go for days. So you keep nailing again. When I hear you keep nailing the obvious, which is like, okay, I'm not, I'm going to get a copywriter. I'm going to flow and somebody's going to write down everything I say and then I'm going to go through it. You know, if this isn't, if, if I kept going left and left wasn't working, I'm going right. You keep nailing the obvious and it takes the stuff back to back to the basics. It all keeps coming back to changing to changing your mindset. Um, you know, and I was asked like, you know, how I you know how I became a writer. I said, like, similar to I don't think of myself as a writer. You know, I got delivered a manuscript the other day by my copywriter. It was fifty seven thousand words. The guy goes, I guess you're kind of a writer. I go. I've never actually really sat down in a keyboard, you know, and and associate and and actually written, you know, like that. But you could can still still consider yourself a writer. You're a you're an author. You're a speech writer. You're a course leader. Uh, let me ask you as it pertains to leadership too, and and relationships. And you get up and you lead people all the time, looked upon as a leader. Just do you feel that way at home too? Are you, is there a leadership role at home between you and Blair? Is it a 50-50 partnership? Is it a, you know, how do you approach it at home, especially when you're on stage? You know, like. I don't believe in 50-50. I believe in harmony. Blair's core value is order. My core value is freedom. So you can imagine how crazy that shit would be at the house because she's very structured and I'm very free flowing. However, our ultimate goal is harmony because we know we're committed to harmony. Harmony is the, is the entity that's leading, not any one person. It's harmony. So some days it might be Blair. Some days it might be me, but we know that we're a team. 
for the baby shower. She did most of the logistical stuff, but I did all the shit around the house and all the stuff. And we didn't be like, well, I did this and you did. No, our team harmony won. Period. So we don't think about I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Because when we used to do that, it never worked out. It always turned into an argument. And we were trying to keep score. The only score we keep is how many times as a team we keep getting better. And so having that that understanding allows us to come from a space where compassion is always around Because I know when she's trying to create order, it makes her feel safe. And she knows that when I'm flowing, it makes me feel free. So harmony, it gives birth to compassion on both sides. And it it like lessens that, that icky energy that comes up. And so that, that is truly how we operate from the spirit of harmony in our house. Mm. When do you shut it down at all? Or do you shut it down? Meaning you are lead, you lead groups, you have parties and people over for the baby shower and you clearly seem to be, you know, a people person, a come one and come all and let's bang on these drums and let's talk about the And the workouts have grown with the community of men from 10 to 50 to, well, I think you guys are like over a hundred, you know, right now. And there's an energy and it's palpable. Um, and we know what it takes to give that energy, certainly to lead that, to have all those people around the table doesn't set itself. The party doesn't cater itself. The speech doesn't write. Do you step back and take time and say, I just, I just need me time, you know, right now. Like I've done all, or is it a constant, like I fire and feed so much off of the energy and the people um, that it's harder to be alone? No, it's easy for me to be alone because we share schedules every Sunday. So every Sunday we look at each other's schedule. I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. If it's an issue, she was like, is there a way that you don't go to this party? I want to spend time with you. Okay, baby, we schedule it. So every Sunday at 10 a.m., we have a love meeting and we look at each other's schedule and show because now there's no surprise things. Mm -hmm. It's already prepared for everything. And she'll ask questions. I'll ask questions. And then we have date night every Friday after 3 p.m. And, um, you know, and we shut it. We start shutting it down around 8.30. And then on, on Sundays is our, is, is, is our day to have fun. Saturdays is like a open day. But there's so much stuff throughout the week. So probably three times throughout the week, I'm like in there. And it's like you just find pockets because, again, I'm not run by time. I run time. So because I run time, I schedule in. A bird just ran into the window. I, I schedule in me time. Like as soon as I get off with you, I'm going to go play the guitar for 30 minutes and just go practice. And you were there when I first got the guitar, bro. I've gotten so much better. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go play the guitar and that's my me time. And, and I won't be on my phone, and but I schedule that in. 
I, I think it's great to break this down because I think there's some misconceptions about individuals that look like they have it, you know, all together, but look like they're never in a rush and that it's all free flowing and that they're again, all this time or anything else. And it's easy to look at and like, wow, they make it look so easy, but it really does come from the discipline. Yes. Control of planning in a way saying like, okay, I have created so much more free time for myself or so much more open space or the ability to say yes to the things that I want to do because I'm saying no to the things that I don't want to do. And because you start with the structure of a calendar and the hours in the day and a partnership and you have it all there and it becomes back to what we talked about. Now it becomes quite obvious. Yeah. But to make things look easier, to make them look freer, to make them flow, takes an exorbitant amount of consistency, discipline, you know, and and effort. There. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it takes that, and it's worth it, especially when it keeps the peace in the house. Mm. So I'm willing to do whatever it takes to have a streamline of consistent peace in the house. Whatever it takes. Okay, so. How are you approaching fatherhood this time around? What are you thinking about? It's such what's a type of yeah, it's so beautiful because when I was 22 and I had my baby, Kylia, I was so young. I was a young 22-year-old. I was just so undisciplined, not healthy, didn't love myself, didn't have any money wasn't responsible for my own actions and I miserably fucked up like big time. And I'm still paying that price right now because I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but now this time is allowing me to have compassion for how hard I was on myself all these years because I'm getting a chance to experience all the things that I never experienced when me and, and, and my daughter's mom were fighting and putting our fights over the baby uh, at the time. And so I didn't know to just, I didn't know about what bigger picture was and things like that. So I'm able to, I have transformed so much since the time we found out Blair was pregnant. And I don't know, it's just this shift inside of me. Bro, I, would, I freaking power washed this whole house. <laughs> like, I didn't even get it. Like, I was just gonna power wash the front and all of a sudden, half, half of two acres, I power washed the whole thing. I'm building shit, I'm picking, but I ain't never picked up no hammer in my life. I just paid somebody to do it. But my wife is like, oh, it's sexy when you, do things like I was like, oh, I'm gonna keep doing it then. So <laughs> I have improved upon myself times three and developed into the kind of person that can take care of all the things that my wife typically takes care take takes care of, but we don't want her in that state because she has to be in her masculine. We want her soft and feminine so that she can be in be in this state of mind that can give 
give a healthy birth without all this going on. So I took that role on and it has improved our marriage a lot just by mm. way of me stepping into the, the empowered and embodied masculine that just honestly wasn't there before. It was very unhealthy. First of all, power washing is addictive. Okay. <laughs> For anybody out there who has never actually power washed or owned one, we got a power washer uh, a couple of years ago. I was in like the same boat. My wife ordered this power washer. I'm like, I'm never going to fucking use this thing. Okay. I don't do this kind of stuff. And then I plug this thing in and it goes on. And as soon as you start and you see the result, you just can't stop until you hit every piece of, yes. of whatever it is. It's, it's this wildly weird, addicting kind of thing. So and just like, you just keep going and you just keep going and going and going and going. It's something about the cleansing, I think maybe the stripping away of like all the, I don't, it, it's, it's maybe it's a metaphor for a lot of other things, but, but it's totally addicting. Um, we said, you're one of the youngest 42 year olds. I know <laughs> there's, there's no, by far one of the most energetic, you know, guys I know. And I am definitely a, a believer and a proponent that, that age is just a number, you know? in there. Um, what does the next phase look for you? I mean, I don't even know if I call this midlife necessarily for you, mm -hmm. but what does the next phase look like? We're living better. We're living healthier. Phase, when you say the next phase, what do you mean? I mean, when I, when I hear from a lot of guys and maybe because a lot of the things that I have done and been branded towards midlife male or this connotation of midlife crisis, I hear, you know, I hear from guys, it's dull. It's, it's not fun. It's maybe the beginning of, of, of the end and what's next, or is this going to be it? You know, the, a lot of the stereotypes and the norms. And then I see guys like yourself Mm -hmm. that are out there pushing it more energetic, more natural, uh, better condition, you know, yeah. doing things at even later in life, but learning on the experiences that you, and the challenges that you've had earlier, earning more, all of them going, this is not the beginning of the end. The middle is the sweet spot and, and it's the beginning of so much else. You know? I, the way I see it. Just getting started. You know, I used to live in this high rise in, in Santa Monica and my youngest, the youngest neighbor outside of me was 75 years old. My neighbor was 103. So all I did was ask them life questions all the time. And I said, how do you look? How come you don't look so old? Because my neighbor that was 103 looks 70. Say age doesn't make you old. It's when you let your life beat you down. That's what makes you old. It's like when you do things that you don't really want to do, when you're in relationships you don't really want to be in, when you're not doing things that you love, when you don't forgive people, when you hold on to resentment. She said, that's what makes you old because it weighs down your spirit. And that's what causes wrinkles. He's like, but that age doesn't make you old. And I said, well, I'm not going to wait till I'm about to die to start living. And in that moment, that's when I just started letting go of resentment from childhood people, the two men who murdered my father. Um, like literally I let go. I start forgiving all these people 
And I was like, I'm going to live my life. I'm really, I'm going to do everything that I love. The heart is the most powerful frequency in the world. So why not use it? Because it has gifts for you. I use my heart. That's where the energy comes from. That's where the creativity comes from. It's like spawns into the brain. So um, I, you know, we're literally just getting started. This next phase is parenthood. It's major investments, major properties, major uh, businesses that have businesses and, and, and mentorship. It's, you know, because what I'm doing now is big, but it's big for me three years ago. We're literally evolving into the next phase that's going to be bigger than big. It's almost like I'm in the ninth grade and then we, I'm looking up at 12th grade and I'm going to grow into that over the next few years. So that's the next phase. And I'm really excited, really excited. Well, I'm super excited for you. Garen, thank you so much. This is, this is awesome. Guys, you got to follow Garen if you're not already. Change your mindset, change your life. You have heard it here. From the, from the man himself, uh, where can people find you? I just want to make sure we can find you everywhere we need to. So you can find me on my Instagram, garen.jones, uh, um, and my website, garenjones.com. And that's what we have for right now. It is super inspiring, super uplifting. Thank you so much for the insight, the transparency on everything. The energy is infectious. Congrats to you and Blair. It's uh, it's great, man, and it's only going to get better. I do not want to keep you from your guitar practice. Thank you. Guys, if you like what you hear on the Midlife Mail podcast, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating leave us a nice review and share it with all of your friends. You can also go to the link in my bio on Instagram at Greg Scheiman. You can subscribe to the newsletter, the podcast, all the stuff that is there and find great men like Garen Jones as well and their episodes. Guys, we'll talk next week. Another show. Thank you, Garen. Thank you, brother. Take care. <laughs>